Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Philly Sports 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. Episode 57 of the podcast. Episode 50. I can't think of any um popular 57s. I mean, I know there's some out there, but I can't think of any right now. But I digress. This is episode 57 of the Philly Sports 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. And... I've, I've taken a few days to reflect. I don't, um, sometimes I like to just record after the games and like, you know, give like immediate reaction, but sometimes you kind of need a few days to kind of take it all in, take all in, take in all the noise or, you know, kind of filter out the noise. <laughs> um, and this was, this was a weekend where I was just exhausted, um, I didn't even have the energy to to record a podcast. I didn't have the energy to voice my frustration with the Eagles. I didn't have the energy to, you know, try to make something good out of the bad that I saw. And it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad, but I just didn't have the energy to do it because the bottom line of what I saw over the weekend um, was the um, resemblance of a bad football team. And the reason I say that is because bad football teams find ways to lose games. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday. Eagles played the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost the game 38-29. Um, you know, we saw some, some good things out of our offense, which is good. Finally, you know, it's good to see them finally come alive and to see a, a kind of a star be born. But at the end of the day, you see a bad football team who finds ways to lose games. And that's exactly what happened. And I'll get into it. I'll get into um, my five reasons as to why they lost this game. Because I wrote them down. I mean, you know, I wrote down what happened. And... It is what it is. I, like I said, this is this is not a good team. And I think what's so frustrating about it is because they had an opportunity to win the game. They had an opportunity there. But bad football teams, they find ways to lose games based off of just a few key situations in the game. I mean, there were a few. But ultimately, it comes down to one play. And that one play cost them any kind of chance of even, you know, making some type of stand and making a game-winning drive. It cost them the game, essentially. And to me, it's two plays. But, I mean, people look at the one play, the Nick Gary play, but it's two plays. It's the play where they actually... Um, decided to kick a field goal, fourth and five, 57 yard field goal, and I was like, "There's no way he's going to make this field." I said it before they kicked it. I said, "There's no way, you know, this little kicky dude is going to make the field goal." Um, and he didn't. He didn't. I mean, he had the distance, but it was to the right, you know, outside of the upright. And it to me, it's like I don't know. If you know, considering where they work, they were on the other side of the 50. They were in Pittsburgh territory. You know, I'm thinking maybe they shouldn't kick the field goal there. I'm thinking maybe they should just go for it on fourth and five. But 
they didn't. Doug decided to kick the field goal. And then what happened with Nick Gary covering, you know, this kid that, that killed you the whole game. Killed you the entire game. Kid's name. Claypool. Killed him the entire game. He just, he did what he wanted to do. And it's a shame because, like I said, Eagles had a chance to win this game. And bad football teams find ways to lose games. So, that's that would be my, what I take away from this game. That bad football teams find ways to lose games and the Eagles found a way to lose games. Now, it's not, it's not for, um, not, it's not to downgrade or disrespect Pittsburgh in any way because I think they're a good football team. I don't think they're elite, but I do think they're a good football team. And they are, they are one of the only four undefeated teams in the league right now. Um, now granted, they beat a bunch of bad teams, but they are the only undefeated. I mean, they are one of the only uh, one of the four undefeated teams in the league right now, and they they did a, they deserve a lot of credit for that. So, I, you know, I don't want this to come off as me just bashing. You know, me saying that you know, oh Pittsburgh ain't all they cracked up to be. No, they're actually a good football team. I mean, you know, they got a veteran quarterback. They got some playmakers. You know, they got that defense, but that defense. You know, as, as good as, you know, the players that they have on the defense, they're still not an elite defense yet. So, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think that, you know, some things, they leave you wanting some things. I would say that. But just a shame that, you know, like I said, the Eagles are a bad team and they find ways to lose games. And that's what it comes down to for me. Um, Winston didn't have a bad game. He, he's 20 for 35, 258 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Um... One pick was like a Hail Mary, basically, but um, that one pick, the other pick came with um, him trying to get the ball to Zach Ertz. I learned later on that I, I was blaming Zach Ertz for, like, you know, giving up on the play, which he did. He did give up on the play, but at the same time, um, I learned that the ball wasn't supposed to go to Zach Ertz on that play, and perhaps that's why he kind of, you know, slacked off a little bit. Um... But like I said, bad teams, they do things to lose games. That's a bad decision by Carson. That's bad effort by Zach Ertz. And that put, they gave the ball up in Pittsburgh territory. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, you know, Eagles deep in their own territory. So Pittsburgh got the ball deep in Eagles territory and they were able to score. Not even able, Eagles weren't even able to hold them the field goal. They scored on that, you know, that drive. So just, that's just bad. But Besides that, I mean, Carson made some good throws in the game. Like I said, 20 for 35, 258 yards. Um, Hertz actually got in. He actually had one pass for 18 yards. So, it was a... That was, it, was a it was a... He threw a dime, too. He threw a dime. You know, but that doesn't make me want to play Jalen Hurts. It just says that the kid's an athlete. And, you know, he has promise. You know, he can throw the ball. He's a quarterback, you know. So, why wouldn't he be able to throw the ball? But, at the same time, like I said, you know... Nice, nice pass. Um, I still don't get the Jalen Hurts philosophy, like trying to use him in these um, situations in the game. And I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. So I, I don't have an answer for that. It's, you know, maybe they're just trying to get him on the field because, you know, it's Jalen Hurts, but it's silly to me what's going on. It's silly the way they're using him or trying to use him, trying to justify using him. Stupid. But I think the big story for the Eagles was um, Travis Fulgham. 10 catches for 152 yards, a touchdown. 
Um, he's the same kid that actually had the the touchdown reception with Carson last week, the, the 40 whatever yard touchdown against San Fran. He had a good game. 10 catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown. Miles Sanders, 11 rushes for 80 yards, two catches for 19 yards. Um, he had two touchdowns total. I think the, the this is what I want to say about Miles Sanders. He had one rush for 74 yards, right? And then the second rush he had, I mean, not the second rush, but he had one rush for 74 yards. That was a touchdown. Great. That's awesome. Outside of that one rush, he was 10 carries for six yards. And I get it. Pittsburgh is a good run defense. They have a good run defense, but this is Doug again not giving Miles Sanders the ball. And he is setting himself up to fail in games because he's not giving the playmaker the ball. I mean, you can't get the ball. You got to get, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. He has to get 15 to 20 touches a game. He has to. You give him the ball 13 times, it's not going to cut it. Now, I get it. He had a total of, what, 99 yards um, on offense. You know, two touchdowns, which is great. But he needs the ball a lot more. He's such a dynamic player. He needs the ball a lot more, in my opinion. So, you know, they got to give him the ball more. That's what I'll say. Defense, they had one takeaway. They had a fumble recovery. Um, but, again, this defense, they, they, they let up too many. They let up 38 points. They let up 300 and I think it was like 386 yards. Ridiculous amount of yardage to give up um, in the game. And that's one of my five reasons that the Eagles lost again. I mean, the defense overall, it just sucked. I mean, Claypool, seven catches, 110 yards, four touchdowns. Four total touchdowns. He had three receiving and then one rushing. Um, they only sacked Big Ben once. He had about 38 points. Give him too many big plays. Too many penalties. And, and then if I got to see Nate Gary or Jalen Mills give up one more big play. I get it. The Eagles are injured. They're hurt. They don't have all their players trying to get players back, but I've just never, like, Mills is so sorry for him to be this, like, you know, have all this swag. He is a sorry, he's sorry, man. He is terrible. Gary, I, I honestly believe the Eagles would, like, if they were healthier, they would just, they would just cut the, they would cut the dude, but they like him and they're just not healthy enough to even cut him, to let him go, so... But those two players right there, they're sorry, man. They are sorry. Um, I said the defense, the lack of touches for Miles Sanders, that was another. And I said I, feel like I said in my notes, he needs to get the ball 20 times a game, which is true. Um, the third reason they lost the game, I don't know where Zach Ertz is. I don't know where Zach Ertz is. But he's not playing for the Eagles right now. I mean, like, I don't know if it's... I don't even want to blame it on the contract talks or the lack thereof. I don't want to blame it on him not getting his money. I don't really want to take that... I don't want to be that guy, like, that takes the narrative of the most of the media is giving you. But if it's really that, if that's really the problem, he's 
ruined it for himself. Excuse me, he's not going to get paid at all. Because he's been playing. Sorry. Like, I mean, the most yards he's had in a game this season is 70 yards, and that was against the Bengals. But he is playing. Sorry, man. I mean, he's not getting separation. He's not getting over. I get it. Teams are doubling him. I understand that. But he's not even contributing elsewhere on the team. That's what sucks. Like, he's not even being the all-around player he should be. Like, it's like, oh, I'm not getting the ball. I'm not going to give my all. Like, I, I, you know, I would expect this from, like, a, you know, a wide receiver. You know, they're known to be like that. But didn't think Zach Ertz would be like that. And I don't I don't know if it's, you know, people saying, like, him and, him and Wentz aren't connecting right now. I don't know. I don't know if that's the issue or not. I just know that I don't see him affecting the game in other ways. Like, if you're a great player, you should be able to affect the game in other ways. But he's not doing any of that. And he's sorry right now, man. He's playing sorry right now. And again, this is remnants of a bad team. This is what bad teams do. So, I don't know. Steelers. No, fourth reason he lost against Steelers. 11 for 15 on third down. But here's the key. Because the Eagles were 10 or 14 on third down. Which is good. So, they were pretty much even. However... The Steelers got five of their first downs off of penalties. They got 25 first downs overall, and they got five of them off of penalties. When the Eagles got 18, I think they got 20 first downs, and they had 18, they had two of them off of penalties. So it's like, you look at the defense, that goes, that circles back to defense again, being undisciplined in, you know, whether they're giving up, passing a PI call, uh, defensive holding, whatever it may be, you're doing something to, to penalize it, and you're not getting off the field on third down. That goes back to the defense. And like I said, bad teams find ways to lose games. The Eagles are a bad team, and they're undisciplined. And that's why they lose games. This is why. This is why. Come on, you come say hi. Come on. Hi, everybody. <laughs> My son's saying hi. Man, you stink. Get out of here. What's it? Um, don't touch that. Don't touch it. You got new life? Yeah. Out. Go ahead. Out. And then, I think the fifth reason they lost the game, just missed opportunities. I mean, Hightower in the end zone, missing that that touchdown. It was, it was a, it was a good ball. Good ball thrown to him. Get out. Get out. Get out. Go back and play with the uh, tablet. Go ahead. All right. Just missed opportunities. Um... I said Earth said, you know, that I they played a cause of INT. The penalties, not getting off the field on third down. It's just missed opportunities. And all of those reasons, to me, they all lead back to coaching. All of them lead back to coaching. I know that Doug Peterson is a leader of men. As far as being a head coach, I think he's a good head coach. Being the guy at the helm to to get players to rally around him and play. Hold on, Joshua. You need to give me a second. 
Yeah, we'll talk about it after. I need to finish my podcast. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I will. I will. Sorry, guys. Um, I think that all of this leads back to coaching. I think that Doug is a good person at the helm. His play calling is suspect sometimes. But overall, like, these coaches, when they all don't, like, come together and all do a good job, I think it ultimately falls on him. Now, you can blame this because Jim Schwartz, you know, game. It's his fault that they lost. To me, it all falls on Doug at the end. It has to fall on Doug because he's the head guy. Like, now I get it. If the Eagles continue to play this bad on defense, Jim Schwartz is going to get fired. Just like, it's inevitable. He will get fired. But this team, I don't, I don't know if that fixes everything. And I don't know if Doug should not be penalized for what's going on. Because I think he should. I think for, you know, stop, Joshua. You sit down. No, I'm, you see I'm recording. Sit down. Sit down, please. Please. One, two, thank you. So, I'm sorry, guys. But I'm just going to I'm just gonna have to deal with the, the distractions. I'm just going to have to have to push through it. If I'm a good player, I'll push through the distractions. That's what he need to do. But, um, he got to be penalized for how bad the team is doing right now. I can't blame it on injury anymore. I can't. I have to point at the head guy. I have to. And there's something that came. I'm glad I waited a day to like record this. Cause I was going to record yesterday, but I'm glad I waited a day because from what we heard from um, who was it? it wasn't Zach Berman. It was Jeff McLean from the Inquirer. Came on 97.5 at Fanatic yesterday. And he talked about Howie and his involvement in people who dress for the game. Now listen. I've said numerous times. I think Howie is good at the cap. I think he's great at the cap. And although he's had some bad drafts, he's had some good free agency signings. Ty Roseman should be nowhere near the locker room. He's not a football guy. He does not know football. I don't. He knows money. He knows business. Stop it, Joshua. He knows money. He knows business. He should not be involved. Like, even if it's a lie, the fact that this has come out lets me know something's going on where Howie is too much involved in in coaching decisions and that's a problem for the organization overall I'm not I'm not listen I'm not gonna say oh oh no like you know this means that the Eagles are doomed you know years on years I'm not saying that what I'm saying though is that coaches coach players play ballers ball GMers GMs need GM like they don't need to be like I don't need them intermingling. I don't need him in the locker room as far as being a coach or deciding on who's playing and who's not playing. What I need him to do is make sure the contracts are straight 
getting talent in here so that Doug can coach people up to play. Like this checks and balances here is like off to me. And if this is anywhere near being true, even if all of it isn't true, the checks and, that means checks and balances are off. And that means that this organization's in more trouble than people would think. And why I say that is because Ty Roseman, at the end of the day, he's not going anywhere. As much as we want him fired, as much as we need him to get some help in here to help him, if he does not, if he's involved in it this much, or is doing something to this extent, this organization's in trouble. Because you can't have one person making all the decisions. That's a problem. And listen, man. Like, I get it. It's this whole collaborative effort thing. And Eagles want to do it like collaborative. You know, they want everyone to be involved in their success and failure. But, like, if Doug is allowing this to happen, or if this is happening on Doug's watch, if I'm Doug, I'm not quitting. I'm going to just coach up the rest of my contract and I'm going to move on. Because they're not allowing him to coach. They're not setting him up to be successful. They're not allowing him to be successful successful, and, allow, and putting him in a position to be successful by allowing him just to make decisions as a coach on the team. That means that they don't trust him. Or that means they, have, they trust Howie too much. One or the other, it's a problem. So, this is a problem for me. Like, I can't expect this team to be successful. Like, it's like the Sixers. Like, I expect Elton Brand to get talent in here, get the right coach, get the right players, and him to back off and handle that Doc coach. Like, get out of the way and let Doc, this is what Doc does. Doc coaches. You get talent in here, you make sure the contracts are straight, you resolve the player issues as far as money is concerned, Doc will coach. I don't need Howie deciding on who's going to play on a Sunday or Monday night or Thursday. I don't need him doing any of that. And that means that the Eagles have for far too long allowed to go above and beyond his own britches and they can't stop it unless they fire him. And this is, they're not going to fire him because he's Jeffrey's boy. So, and listen, it could all be hearsay, it could all be rumor. But like, Hey, McLean, McLean ain't telling no, like, not get it. Some of the stuff he's, he's, he's reported has been controversial as far as Doug Peterson and, and the power that he has in the organization and him not having, you know, making him kind of being undermined a lot, I guess you could say. Like, even with the thing with the offensive coordinator last year, Mike Rowe and, and Carson Walsh, I mean, I think Doug's a good guy. And I hope he's not allowing them to walk over him. That's all I'm saying. And another thing. Another thing. Along with Howie Roseman, I mean, I've been hearing stuff about Jim Schwartz. Him, you know, having this, this power. I get it. Coaches the defense. He's basically the head coach of the defense. But... From what I understand, he's like, you know, 
he's like not on equal footing with Doug, but he's like if, if Doug is number one, he's like one A. And this lets me know that he has no power over Jim. Jim can't get fired by Doug. It seems like Doug doesn't make any decisions when it comes to the coaching. Even when they hired those four or five coaches over the past year to become like the offensive coordinator in lieu or, you know, um, by committee, offensive coordinator by committee. This sucks. This is not good. This is not the resemblance of a winning team to me. Now, I get it. If they were winning games, I probably wouldn't be talking like this. But, like, they're not winning games. I think the reason they're not winning games is because they don't have the persons that need to be making decisions making the decisions. Like, Doug isn't making the decisions to me. Or, like, it's too many people in his ear that are influenced. Like, he needs an offensive court. I've said this before, though. He needs an offensive coordinator. I think he needs a guy to actually call games for him. Like, I don't think he needs to be calling games anymore. I think he just needs to be that coach of the team. Or a split duty, like how Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid do it. But, like, I, I, I really do think that as good as Doug is, he's hurting himself. And I think the Eagles are hurting him. And I think it's, maybe it's a bigger reason the Eagles are such a bad team. But I look at this team, and all I see is, all I hear is drama, people hurt, people making mistakes. This happened, that happened, who's to blame, this person's to blame, that person's to blame. You don't hear this from good teams. You don't hear this from the Baltimore Ravens. You know what they do? They come out and put up points on every week, and they just they win games. That's what they do. And now, listen, I get it, because there were times where both, you know, we just played the Steelers and we're about to play the Ravens. I can remember when both of those coaches were going to get fired. I remember when both of those coaches, quote-unquote, lost the locker room. They turned it around. And Doug has been known to turn things around. But I, I just... Him even turning it around this year, like, what does that say to you? What does that... It tells you that, yeah, he gets players to play for him, but does this team... Can you look at them two, three years down the line and say, okay, they're going to be successful with this guy once again. Like, make deep playoff runs with him once again. I don't know. To me, there's too many hands, and I've said it before, there's too many hands in the pot in the pot right now. I don't know if they'll be success, successful down the line. I don't know. I just, I, I really, I know that players love Doug. I don't know if they love Jim Schwartz, but players love Doug. I can't trust this organization to make good coaching decisions. Good draft picks, even good free agency decisions. I can't trust them to do any of that. And it's like, at the end of the day, they're not set up to be successful. Uh, at least not right now. I think this young core. I mean, listen, they could possibly have a young core with these young linemen. Um, having Goddard, having Fulgham, having Rager, having Hightower. Uh, they'll get. They had to get another tight end in here, I would think. Having Carson, having Sanders. Um, you know they got a good piece that by having Slay on the defense. 
I think that Barnett is going to play himself into an extension. But they need a lot of work. They got a, they got a lot of work to do, and they have to. They got a lot of cleaning up to do. And they need to draft better, of course. But like I said this before, and I'll say it again: they need to take a step back in order to be successful. They have to take a step back. Like this, they're gonna have to get rid of like some older guys. Like they're gonna have to get rid of, you know. I love, I love Djax. They're gonna have to get rid of Djax. They're gonna have to get rid of Alshon. They're gonna have to get rid of um, BG. I don't know. Looking for Cox, maybe. Like they have too much invested, like money invested in the defensive line, but nothing invested in the linebackers and in the secondary. It's a throwing league. People throw the ball in this league. Yeah, you need pressure up front, but you need to be able to cover on the back end. D-backs are getting paid these days. You have to pay them. And you can't, you gotta let Mills go. You know, they got a lot of work to do. And the way I see it long-term, they're not going to be successful probably until another two years, maybe three years down the line. But they need to draft better. They need to hit on some of these draft picks. I mean, maybe they hit on Breaker, you know. But you know, some of these young guys that they drafted, you know, Taylor and um, some of these young linemen, like you know, well, they got Driscoll playing, but they got to hit. Like they got to really, really like draft some defensive studs. We don't have a Miles Garrett. I mean, we got Fletcher Cox, but he's not Aaron Donald. But we don't have a Miles Garrett that can is a game breaker on the end. We don't have that. BG is good. BG is not Miles Garrett. We don't have any. We don't have a stud linebacker. That's another thing. He lied and said this week that you know. Oh no, we've invested a lot into the linebacker position. They invested 4.3 million dollars this year into the linebacker position, which is the lowest in the NFL right now. And it shows. Because their linebacker core sucks. I've been saying it. You know. There's players that they like. I get that. But they're going to have to make some tough decisions to get rid of some guys. They have to. And maybe they let d stay one more year. But... Let these young let these young receivers cook. Let them grow. They're gonna have to let these young guys grow with Carson. I said this before, but I just I think right now that the Eagles are setting themselves up. They have to set themselves up to be successful for years down the line. And they gotta hit on some of these draft picks because this defense is not good. They can't cover. They don't get enough pressure on the quarterback. They don't turn the ball over. They don't get enough takeaways in the game. They're not helping the offense. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, as far as what I think about this week, I don't have them winning against Baltimore. I think Baltimore wins that. I don't think they... I think it's going to be tough maybe for probably like two and a half quarters and then Baltimore starts to pull away. Kind of how Pittsburgh did it. Um, Because I called it. I said, Pittsburgh went up by that touchdown 
And I was like, alright, it's only a matter of time for Carson to turn the ball over. Turnover comes. <laughs> and then they score again. And I'm like, but this time I, I think that Eagles won't come back like they did this time. Like they did, you know, against Pittsburgh. I think that, you know, they'll, they'll try to stay in the game. I think Baltimore's defense is a little bit more solid than, than the Steelers' defense. I mean, statistically, I may be wrong, but I'm just looking at, you know, my eyes. I think Baltimore's defense is a little bit more solid. So we'll see. Um, that would put the Eagles at 1 4 and 1. And your only hope is that they can start to win these next couple of games against the Giants, Dallas. And then they have a bye, then they got to go against the Giants again. Um, try to pull together some wins because someone said it on the radio tonight. They were like, okay, say they lose this weekend. They got to win two of the next three easily. Easy. Got to win two of the next three. Or if they don't, their season is over. Start talking about the draft after that. I mean, look, it's exhausting sometimes talking about this team because I know they're not a good team. And I hate that. I hate bad football. Hate mistakes and you know mistakes. Excuse me, mistakes that are preventable. Like someone makes a good play on you and they just pick the ball off. They just pick the ball off. But if you're throwing it right to the defense or you know you fumbling, not holding on to the ball for whatever reason, it's just bad football. It's undisciplined, and that's a reflection of coaching. I will always say that. Penalties, mistakes like that, you know, all those kind of things like turnovers. Yes, it is on players sometimes, but it's ultimately on the coaches. Coaching. You have to be able to coach these things out of your players. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I'm done, but... I just, I really hope this Howie thing isn't true as far as him having wielding all this power, deciding who dresses on Sundays. I hope that's not true. It's not, I hope it's not true. Because you're setting yourself up. You're not setting yourself up to be successful. You're just, if he's wielding that much power, this, this, this organization is doomed until the day he gets fired. Maybe that speaks on ownership. Like, hey, remember Chip Kelly? I mean, excuse me. Yeah, Chip Kelly had all the power at one point, and they moved Howie to the closet, and then he had to fire Chip Kelly, and then Howie came back and had to revamp everything. But if Howie has all the power now, as far as GMing and deciding who, who dresses, that's a problem to me. That means Jeffrey didn't learn anything from his, you know, prior failures. I don't know, man. Before I go, let me just say this. Um, two things. One, LeBron James, I don't care that this was a, a pandemic year. And I don't care if they were because they were in the bubble. You know, people say it doesn't mean as much. He got four championships, man. Three different organizations. I mean, if you're going to hate, you're just hating for the sake of hating. But that dude is amazing. And you're 17? That's amazing, man. Tip of the hat. 
That's impressive. I really hope that they can do it again next year, honestly. It would be nice to see. And that Dak injury was gruesome. I will say that. It's gruesome. And I, I don't I don't want to go tip for tat like, you know, oh, they made fun of Carson so we can make fun nah man, that was gruesome. Like had a compound fracture. And a dislocated ankle. Like that's none of that was good. And I honestly hope he recovers and he's able to play and, and you know not lose any kind of mobility as far as how he plays. Um and it's a shame that he didn't get his contract long term because he's not locked in there. I mean, they say like he's still part of the future of the Dallas Cowboys. And I could care less. I couldn't care less about the Dallas Cowboys. I couldn't care less. But like, I like him as a player. Like, as a player and as a, even more as a person. Like, he's a solid dude. I respect him. I will say that. Just hate the team that he plays for. That's all. I mean, it really would make me happy if he came back. You know, Dallas wronged him in any way, and then he went, came back, went to another team, and then he just actually won, like, went, made a deep playoff run. I would love that. And he just put the foot in Dallas because they just they wronged him. But it's probably not going to happen. They'll probably give him a long-term contract, um, maybe before the start of next season. But it's a shame that he didn't get his money now, and he had to do all of that just for them to pay him. Sucks. And, and I, I'll say this one more thing before I go. You know, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the bubble. I thoroughly enjoyed um, basketball in the bubble. I enjoyed the playoffs. I enjoyed all of it. And I'm sad that it's no longer here. It's weird. Like, yeah, I want things to get back to normal as far as, you know, being able to go to an arena and watch a game. But that competitiveness of basketball high level of competing it was it was good to see it was good to see I thought it was good for the league honestly and um I'm sad I'm like weird cause I'm like I love the NFL but it's like I miss basketball being on I miss basketball being on you know so and the NFL man I mean they gotta calm it down with, the, with these COVID cases I mean Today, Nick Saban has COVID now. I mean, he's on the NFL, but just, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what's going on. I mean, the NFL's not going to stop the season, obviously. But this isn't good. It's, it's not good. Like, with the rearranging of schedule, I don't know when the season's going to end, honestly. Like, we might be talking about Super Bowl going into March, the way things are going. They're already announced today they're not going to have a Pro Bowl this year, which is fine. I mean, no one watches the Pro Bowl, but, like, I watch it. I'm a loser like that. I watch football, but, like, um, no one really watches it, and that's fine. They're not going to have it, but, I mean, come on. Like, if you want to play, just, like, follow the protocols. Like, too much at risk for you not to do it. That's all. <sighs> I think I'm done for tonight. You know, glad I finally got it out. Episode 57 of the Philly Sports 4 Podcast. I'm going to upload this on YouTube as soon as it's available. As soon as it's available to me. Um, it will be available on Spotify. I have to cut up the audio and stuff. But I will make it available on Spotify as soon as I can. And once it's available on Spotify, that means it's on Apple. That means it's on Google. Um, you just can follow the podcast on all social media. 
at 444podcast, F-O-U-R-F-O-R, the number four, then podcast. Um, I don't have my mask in front of me, but I do have mask. 444podcast mask. <laughs> and uh, I'm probably get some hoodies made soon. I know I talked about that before, but like, get a little bit of a snag. But I'm a, I'm a, you know, I just got the mask made not too long ago. Got like five or six of them made, so. Um, if you want a mask, hit me up. I got them available. And, um, I'm gonna get myself a hoodie made as well. I'm gonna get, I actually have my hoodie made already, but I'm gonna get a, a few more made. And, um, I guess, you know, working on some things as far as podcasting is concerned. So stay tuned for that. I will announce whatever I have coming up. I will announce it. Um, and I appreciate I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for supporting. I really do. So thank you guys. And yeah, go birds. Until next time. <laughs>